Okay, hope you're doing well, and we're going to talk about how to help your people, the leaders you're trying to get in the transformation, grow in that area of integration, that, that character capacity of integration, which is the ability to metabolize and deal with and embrace negative reality. Hey, by the way, while we were born, God made us with the need and the ability, not the ability, but the need to bond and make attachment stage one, and He made us with the ability to tell the truth and have a voice stage two. Number three would not even be here had there been a fall, right? Because there was no negative reality. It was just good stuff and there was a tree we should have stayed away from and all that. But since there was a fall, we have things like failure and um, <coughs> judgment and shame and narcissism and all these negative realities. And so your people are going to have them and you've got to give them the skills to help them deal well with them, with their customers, with their clients, with the people in their organization. So. Um, here's some of the um, things I think are helpful. <coughs> First, and I said this in the other two, describe it and tell the value. And you don't have to get really psychobabble about it. You can just say one of the things that is really helpful is to talk about is, is that in our organization is that we want to really embrace problems and em embrace failure and learn from them and this sort of thing. And we're not one of those organizations that feels like you've got to have it all together, never make mistakes, hide mistakes. You know, we're not going to be a culture of fear here. Culture of fear says just don't even talk about your negatives and do nothing but the positives. We know that um, in our organization, you know, Acme Staples, um, we, we grow from that and we do better from that. So I really want you to be courageous and open about the things that are that way. And I want to be able to talk about them too. Um, it also helps to, to tell um, people you're working with about the judge. And the, the judge, it's, it's a, I mean, everybody understands the judge. We, you know, something like this. You know, we've all got a judge in our head, and the judge kind of gives us a report card on how we're doing. You know, you did a good job on that, that, um, that presentation, or you didn't really do a good job in that conversation or whatever. The judge is monitoring us, and most people who um, have are kind of high performance capacities, they have a tougher judge than other people in one way. Uh, that's how they got there, right? It kind of spurred them on. Another way, it kind of beats them up and deflates them. So, Sam or Sally, I want to make sure that you understand that um, I have a judge in me, and I'm always working on making him, him healthier, and I know you've got one in, two, in you, too. And the more we can be aware of that judge, then we can help you to take mistakes, make mistakes, learn from mistakes, and do better. And so, sometimes it's fun when you're developing somebody to say, here's some of my judging statements. Um, when I screw up, well, there you go again. Or you know, you're letting everybody down, or um, you'll never get it right, or you ought to be disqualified, or everybody depends on you, and all those awful things. And then, do you have any? And the person will go, well, yeah, i got a couple like that. They'll say a couple. And all of a sudden, you kind of go, hey, that make, makes sense that I, I monitor myself, and I'm sometimes rough on myself. And they begin to feel more open about it. They feel more permission to talk about it, which means when they leave that meeting with you and go back to work, they'll be thinking, you know, I can probably get myself on the hook about this because my leader told me that he or she has a judge too. Another piece of that is address your mismatch statements toward the judge for them. You've been talking about mismatching, which is, you know, you give a, a healthy response to something that's kind of crazy in their heads. So you say, you know, you just said that, uh, you, you know, we're just talking about the judge, um, Beth, and you just said that you feel like a big loser when, or you felt like a big loser when you um, didn't, you were really late to the meeting. And I want to tell you, um, I wasn't thinking that at all. I was thinking, you know, you've got a lot on your plate. Maybe I need to kind of help you reorganize a bit. Maybe I've given you too much. But I know you're overwhelmed. I know you're trying your very best. And, yeah, you were late, and we missed you, and we'll have to make it up. 
but I see you as a really good person and I don't agree with your judge. And all of a sudden, this mismatching experience comes into Beth's head and she goes, yeah, I'm okay with him or her and I like him and they like me and I just, and instead of having this global, I'm an idiot, I'm a loser, it's sort of like, oh, I gotta work on something. I got a delta, you know, a delta's a correction. Um, go over a challenge with them and go below the what to the why. Um, by the time you're working with somebody, you've got to get to know their challenges. And either they can report their challenges to you, which the, more, the healthier and the more mature ones do. Yeah, I need help with, you know, structure. I need help with people skills here. I need help with follow through or whatever. The ones that are maybe just coming along or kind of defensive or new to this won't be able to say challenges. They usually have to say, I, I give people a menu. Well, would you have a challenge in people skills? You, is there a challenge in execution? Is there a challenge in culture, challenge in relationships, whatever? Just give them four or five choices and they'll go, ooh, number three. They're just scared. But go over it with them and say, describe it to them and they'll tell you. And you be the leader that doesn't say, okay, well, I can see that um, you really, you know, you, you really let that person walk over. You don't, don't do that again. Or, <laughs> you know, so next time tell them no. Not always the best way to go. Really good leaders go, if you want to work on transformation, really, really good leaders go, wonder why that happens. The, is it easier for people to kind of walk over you sometimes? Is it sort of, are you kind of the nice guy or whatever? And they'll start opening up, hopefully, and say, well, yeah, I've got a pattern of that, and I've noticed that, and my spouse says that to me, or whatever. And they say, okay, that makes total sense. wonder what that's about. And then they might say, well, I get embarrassed, or I don't want to let people down, or um, I feel guilty, or I feel like people will be mad. And now you can say, well, I don't feel that way about you, and, you know, let me give you a good book from the Institute or whatever. But now you went from the what, which is stop doing it and do this instead, which is okay some of the time, but the great leaders go into the why. Live in the why and find the deeper, you know, soil solutions, grace, truth, and time. Find those solutions and you're going to transform this person. And then, this is an important one. Help them understand why perfect is a goal, but perfect is not a requirement. It's nice to say we want to have a perfect safety score in our manufacturing plant. It's nice to say we want to have, uh, <coughs> you know, a uh, perfect track record of uh, sales calls. But if that's a goal, that's one thing. I'm not really great on that, except I've been working with precision enough, like precision medical groups and precision ma manufacturing, that sometimes they have to have a, a perfect goal, like you know, no, no accidents is a goal for all year. I get that. But most of the time, it's not a great goal. But even so, if, if it is, make it not a requirement. Not, don't make it a demand. You know, when you say you've got to be perfect, you know what you're doing? You're putting a person back into the law. You're putting it back in the Old Testament, where if you don't, if you screw up one time, you know, the, fire, the, the lightning from the, from the skies is going to come down on you. And that is not what health is about. That's not what the Bible is about. And it's not what the research is about either. So say, yeah, perfect is a good goal. Hexless is a great goal. It's not a requirement. We, got, we do have performance requirements. You have certain criteria and that sort of thing, but that's not it. Watch out for them jumping into the amygdala. Because if they keep perfect in their head, it's going to go to the amygdala and it's going to make them flight, fight, freeze, or fold, and things are going to go south. It's just a good goal, but it's not a requirement, not a demand. Anyway, good stuff, and I hope you can find it helpful with your people you're trying to transform. That's a big deal. Have a good class.